Welcome to Fifth and Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. One of the hosts, Richard Miller, our co-host, the real reason the floodwaters didn't affect the pitch this week, the one man, Hoover Dam himself, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? Good. How are you, Rich? I'm all right. I'm, I'm not. I'm, 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 this cold is still sort of malingering around, but I am, I'm sans lozenge. I'm going to brave it this week and we'll, we'll see how we go. I, th- I think we'll be all right. I think we'll I think we'll we'll survive. No breaking hoo-hoos to to cover particularly this week. So we can we can dive straight into the game against Swansea. Mm-hmm. So a fun lineup again. Every every week we await the line the team uh, with trepidation now. And uh, seemingly, you know. I mean, have we? Here's an interesting question: Have we since kind of Monk's inception, Monk coming in? Um, I say Monk's inception, like he was invented in a lab, <laughs> like he was cloned. Um, have we actually seen like a set kind of first eleven? Uh, it's a good question. I think we've seen the same team twice or th- maybe three times, but a big part of that I would say has been injuries rather than. Uh, than choices i think i feel like the hand's been forced more often than it's been a a bold choice made but maybe i'm wrong in that there is also definitely and i'm sure you know to come out of the platitude that all managers say you know it is a squad you know Mm -hmm. it is a squad game and squad players i guess the interesting thing and especially with going into october's player of the month morgan fox a player who we kind of thought was kind of sidelined and and also one that i you know i do think is a little bit harsh that odobajo as uh yeah as missed out I, we didn't really see what was on the training ground or any reason or any justification as to why kind of fox came in we wondered whether fox kind of came in because he is a deceptively tall man he's like tom lee's you know he looks he doesn't look six foot one or six six foot whatever he is um so i wondered if like fox kind of came in for height but yeah since then i mean that kind of felt like an almost settled back five i'd probably say um yeah. or we, well, we have an idea of a settled back five i mean now the interesting thing is burner and i author looks a great centre-back pairing um now there's illness to illness on two weeks at the last three for julian burner yeah he's not he's not taking to the uh the english winter particularly well mm. And um, now, so Iorfa and Lees. Lees came in for Iorfa. He did. Sorry, and then, Lees came in for Burner, sorry, excuse me. Yes, and then the immediate question is who, which one of them, both being right-footed centre-backs, which one's going to play out of position? Uh, and it turned out it was it was Tom Lees playing the left side of that, that centre-back pairing. Mm. Uh, by and large, I think Iorfa was kind of following Ayu around and mm. and Lees holding the centre a bit more. So it wasn't a typical kind of left-right pairing at centre-back. But still, uh, when they, you know, when they then, were up in their standard positions, that's how they stood. And then with a funny kind of look at this, I mean, really, the... Um... The defence has, you know, ironically probably been the most defined out of all the kind of three or four kind of position areas you kind of look at from goalkeeper defence, midfield to striker, mm. strikers. And and then, you know, you move on to midfield. And so Bannon, Bannon's been back for a couple of games now following a following kind of a niggle. Yeah. Um, so we've opted to go with Kieran Lee in the middle of the park. Uh, no Hutchinson. There was no Hutchinson in the squad at all, so he's, he's got an issue. Got in an issue. Longo having an issue. Yeah, actually. and still no mass, and still no action mass around. 
So we go from having lots of options in midfield to um, having three. To very few, yeah. And then this was seemingly, we didn't see, did we even see a, a little Joey P on the bench? He was on the bench. I don't think he warmed up at all during the game. So yeah, felt like he was very much there to make up numbers. And, and maybe rightly so after his... Uh, corner-taking debacle. Sometimes you need to yeah, sit one out and have a of, I guess the interesting thing, especially looking at last week at Blackburn, none of those sentiments covered themselves in any amount of glory. No. So, you know, I, I guess looking at those sentiment positions, I can be a little bit surprised at who's starting who played, outside of Bannon, obviously. Um, but, yeah, like... So uh, it's one of those midfields, especially against a team riding high... Um, as, as Swansea City were and are doing, um, you, you immediately worry a little bit about who's going to be doing the defending in that duo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing. I think we kind of look at, I think for any sense of any element of formation, or at least how we set up and how the players that we have at Wednesday, um, it, it doesn't look like we kind of have a complete formation that kind of takes all the boxes. We're not clinical enough up front to... Or have the goals from midfield to go over four three three and be confident that we're going to score lots of goals. Uh, the four four two, I I thought this was one of the better four four twos. I think it's the best four four two I think I've seen from Wednesday in quite a while. Um, I'll be honest. Um, there were just other shortfalls that kind of went down against it for numerous reasons we can get onto. Um, but you know, definitely we had a lot more kind of striking firepower uh, with this four four two, and we did a lot more kind of work up front. But obviously the sacrifice there is that we sacrifice someone in the middle, which, as you've said, who's going to really do defensive work from Bannon and Kieran Lee? I think it was a bit of a tale of two halves with those two. So uh, the first half, they tried to keep Bannon in his new forward, you know, right up front, sort of one of the three or four players attacking. And it didn't quite gel. Although the team played well, that midfield two, quite often there, there was nobody where we needed somebody and there was two of them where we needed nobody kind of thing. And um, it, it wasn't, they didn't fall into a natural rhythm until I think the second half, they reverted more to how they would have played that first year under Carlos together, which is Bannon sitting deep and, and sort of playing quarterback um, mm. trying to find those spaces and Kieran Lee actually being the one up with the attackers trying to, time late runs into the box and and make things happen that way uh and that was a big big part of most of our successes in the second half i think kieran lee was directly or indirectly involved and and obviously played a played a part in recycling the ball from reach's shot to uh to allow forestieri to score so that that was just an example it it, it felt at times like we had the old kieran lee back which uh we were sort of lamenting that maybe that was something Mm. Stop, stop worrying about uh, last week. Uh, but this, I, I thought he sort of came alive second half, uh, seemed to have a bit more confidence, seemed to have a bit more mm. sort of in his step and um, a bit more pace about his game. He just seemed to yeah. have a bit more drive and, and, uh, and determination to the way mm-hmm. he was playing, which was really nice to see. And um, so just to kind of switch back to the lineup, I do want to keep yeah. talking about Kieran Lee because it, oh. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun thing to talk about from this game. Um, but, you know, we've decided to drop Reach for, yeah, uh, for Murphy. That was kind of surprising, but uh, maybe deserved. I think Reach has been, hasn't been up to the standards this season, uh, maybe a bit lackluster. I'm sure, I imagine, if you probably ask Gary Monk about it, he'd probably say it was something tactical to go with Murphy. I mean, actually, Murphy had a better impact at Blackburn with his goal. 
and had a bigger impact in the 18 minutes he was on the pitch than Reach did. Mm. Or like, was it the, was it the switch for Reach, for Reach coming on for Murphy last week? I, I can't remember, but if it was, anyway, uh, Murphy had a much better impact. Yeah. In the shorter time. Uh, let me, let me and then up top, Fletcher and Fletcher and uh, Big Dave. Fletcher and Big Dave. Yeah, that was the change. Sorry, last week just to confirm that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I mean, that was a significant change, and I think Murphy's had some all right performances and. By and large, he's had fairly anon- anonymous performances for for us. Uh, mm. But it was, I think, it's fairly safe to say that was his best performance in a Wednesday shirt yesterday. Definitely, I would Conceived, definitely agree. Probably uh, since, but mind you, I mean, he. We maybe wonder as to whether his debut game was it against Barnsley, where he scored in scored in the early minutes. I mean, he scored with his first touch, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he still had a, a fairly. He was a little bit slowish in terms mm. of performance in the start in that kind of game, even though he scored. Yeah. So that one, that was probably one of the best games I think he's had for us. You know, I, but would, agree, I not... would agree, but I do, I do distinctly remember saying that, um, you know, maybe because of the kind of adrenaline dump of scoring, um, he seemed to take a little while to actually get going in that Barnsley game after his goal. So even, yeah. even then, it was a pretty, it was a bit of a mixed bag uh, despite a fantastic start with yeah but I think literally his first touch for Sheffield Wednesday being a goal against uh, local rivals Dar- uh, Barnsley um, but yeah I think that was the one looking at the team sheet you sort of think okay good luck with this um, mm. in terms of uh, Murphy starting but he 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 did his job he worked pretty hard coming back he, he, uh, until he got tired late on mm-hmm. uh, he was really doing the doing the work, helping Palmer out, going backwards as well. So that's that's definitely something he he neglects to do more often than not, or has done so far in a, in a Wednesday shirt. So that was nice to see, and he he looked pretty dangerous. He probably should have come away with a goal. I mean, there was a frankly, it was a sitter that he, he hit against the post in the second half. He struck it well, but it was. <laughs> yeah, that sort of cliche right was almost area, too well, wasn't it? If he'd yeah. spuffed it, it probably goes in. Um, yeah, he got a very clean strike on it, but yeah, if it had kind of rolled off his foot, it probably would have just tinkled over the line. He, um, but yeah, he had a good effort uh, first half as well on his right foot from a from a set piece routine. His corners were pretty good on the whole. His corners were decent. Yeah, I was quite impressed with Murphy's corners. He, yeah, he made a really really good contribution yesterday. Oh. No, it's good to see. I, um, conversely, Harris probably, I'd say probably till about the, the hour mark, was having his worst game in a Wednesday show. Certainly the worst game I've seen live. He just couldn't get anything going and he looked kind of sluggish and like you're sort of second guessing himself a bit. Uh, there was one point where Bannon, the ball broke to Bannon and it was probably like three on three in the break or three on four. And you're just looking and you think like Harris is going to, take Norton for for a run here and 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 probably beat him and that, that's an easy pass for Bannon to play over the top and he, he he doubled back to the halfway line rather than have the leg race and it's like that was I think a couple of weeks ago he would he would have just gone for it tried to put himself in the space and probably get a shot on goal from it but how much of that do you think is I think we've talked about recently where you know we've had these two kind of wing options and we've chosen to really attack down one side. You know, I remember the game against Middlesbrough, it was all down the right. And we, we, were, we were focusing a fair bit down the right. I mean, a lot went, you know, and through, it, Murphy, through Murphy on the right there. 
It's a little bit chicken and egg because obviously they were certainly, in the most obvious way, they were doubling and tripling up on Harris. They were um, he, at, all, at all times there was there was two players there, and then sometimes there was a third player sort of entering his little corner of the pitch. But we've kind of become used to that, and he tends to be able to rise above it and still make things happen. I just think until late on in the second half, where he'd really worn Norton down. Uh, he just struggled to to make anything of the opportunities he had. I think you're right. It's fair to say they were few and far between. But we've I've got fairly used to him doing well when he gets when he gets given those opportunities. Uh, and just yeah, in the, in the Swansea game, it took until that second half for him to start making the most of those gaps he he was he saw. And and obviously he played a part in that uh, Murphy chance where he hit the hit the post. That was Harris's cross that started everything. Yeah, it is classic kind of uh, step, lovely step over and stand, stood across. Yes. Kind of went back in. And then Fletcher met that one really well as well. He did. Fletcher could have had a couple. Well, you know, obviously he hit the post in the first half as well. That was a big... Actually, he should have had three, shouldn't he? Yeah, because he, he had two that were <laughs> straight at the goalkeeper and he hit the post with the other, yeah. And was it the Bannon corner that kind of drifted in completely unmarked and he ran onto it and gave a very... It was quite a tame header, I think. He kind yeah. of met it with. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, so, so how do you want to um, how do you how do you feel we should break down this game? How are we going to cut up the Swansea pie? <laughs> um, I the think most people sort of, <laughs> I think most people seem to have zeroed in on the first twenty minutes as being particularly good for Wednesday. I don't. Well, I, don't I, I guess this is the the giant kind of conversation: is how much of this is um, stroke of misfortune. How much of this is just not being clinical? Or maybe it's option C, which is a bit of A and a bit of B. Like, I, you know, I thought we were good. We did very well. But again, you're still watching as a Wednesday night. And it's, I hate to kind of be as jaded as I do doing this podcast and maybe mainly just being a Wednesday night in general. Um, but, you know, how much of this are you thinking, we, you know, we don't score, it's going to hurt us. This is the point. This is the time to score and to get ahead. That's one of those that I think is not. It's not just Wednesday. That that's football, isn't it? We we talk about scoring when you're yeah. when you're when you're playing well. I I think it had tones of the Fulham match about it. This one from fairly early on. In that once again, I, I it must be quite frustrating for Monk I, to be the Wednesday manager at this point in time because. I think he keeps pulling rabbits out of hats in terms of getting us set up um, and organised to to play a certain way to to not not to negate the strengths of the opposition, but to pl- push our strengths on the opposition. Mm-hmm. Just as mm-hmm. we did against Fulham, just as we did here. I think we did the same thing to Cardiff, and uh, and at times we did it to Leeds. So he's kind of done the. He's done his bit, you know. They've watched the tape, they've spotted the things, they've got it across to the players, mm. and then we just miss chance after chance after chance. I thought it was just... remarkable that I was kind of just doing a little tally in my head of all the games you mentioned, and I'm like, all of those games are draws. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think we scored first in any of them. Yeah, and um, and what else am I going to say? I get the interesting thing is, you know, when Monk kind of came in. From the time of uh, the Bullenberries, mm. um, which I can see clearly now that the Bela- the Belena's gone, as we said previously, Rich. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, all we did was win and win and lose. There were no draws. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we picked up a single draw. In no, the I think Bullen- you're right. It was, no, it was it was three losses and three wins, wasn't it? That was a that was Bullen's that was it. Game. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we almost kind of pine for some of those losses to be draws. It's really, it is tricky because like you say, it's um, it's a bit of on being unlucky, but I think by and large it is a lack of clinical. I wonder if, I wonder how different uh, the Swansea game looks if we had Luongo, because I do think he's, I'm, I'm wary that in his absence we're building, he's building and building uh, this incredible reputation. Um, certainly in my mind, he's become the answer to so many conundrums. Um and still, I don't have that countdown teapot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it Massimo Luongo? No, it's not. Okay, sorry. This was a maths problem, Richard. Okay, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Um, but no, but but yes, uh, he he's one. He's that he's that midfielder that seems to have a bit of extra composure. But I did mm. I did think yesterday Murphy ha- showed a bit of that. He showed a bit of danger in front of goal that I don't think Harris particularly has. Uh, Reach intermittently is is devastating uh, when he's given time and space, but he he rarely scores just normal goals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but Luongo. His two finishes have been perfect in that they've they've been just kind of meat and potato goals. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost like I mean, especially uh, I think in both situations, they're both finishes that you would kind of expect a striker to make. Yes, they're your classic kind of number nine. He's going to wrap this up in a very textbook fashion. But weirdly, I wouldn't expect Nuyu or Fletcher to score either of them. No. No, and uh, you know, we, yeah, that's that's a funny thing. I, you you mentioned kind of strange goals. I think previously, I think in previous regimes, I've said about Fletcher is that all of his goals are slightly kind of uh, slightly exceptional. Yeah, yeah. Way in terms of the finish, he doesn't. He's not a very kind of. He doesn't finish the easy ones particularly convincingly. No. And I can't remember the last time he's he's had a goal or two like that. I mean, he's had a few, but I think all of the goals I think I think about so far in the shining moments of you know Fletcher at, at Wednesday are largely just you know this is a, a goal that really showcases his talents. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I think yesterday is a classic case in point in that he he had the sort of chances that a striker begs for. You know, three clean headers between yeah. the goalposts and just uh yeah he doesn't have the ball of any great conviction which have said from that chance you know with the uh bannon corner that kind of drifted on yeah and you know you, you you'd think there'd be a little bit of extra something that someone could meet that with a bit more power um and then he's had a a kind of very delicate kind of artful delicate glancing header that went onto the post um probably not a situation you kind of meet that with any great power maybe and maybe you do want to kind of try and glance that one in. I think that is in his approach, that was probably about the right thing to do. Yeah. And then <clears throat> for the Murphy one where he funded it against the post, um, Fletcher met that incredibly well and did the thing that you're supposed headed to do. Headed it down, is, which is Headed it down, to... which is always great. But it was just straight at the keeper. I know. I know, exactly. Yeah, he, he, the two of them were just dead straight on for the keeper, which is... It's frustrating. One thing I'm wondering about, one thing I think is definitely, I think one area, I, I think this result is very much a testament to how Wednesday are a mid-table side. We're a mid-table side. We can pull off some great performances. We can go and we can shit the bed at Blackburn. Um, you know, it's it's all it's all on our uh, pain palette, you know, all yeah. these tools. You know, but seemingly we intend to put some nice colors that we paint on the canvas. But sometimes, you know, in terms of Blackburn, it's just a big uh, poo paint that 
end up on a campus. <laughs> it's um, it's that sort of outsider art that uh, you know people. That, sure. So people uh, that smear uh, their own feces over um, canvases and then get applauded for their oh, what a statement to make. Exactly. Oh, well, it actually uh, speaks. To, it actually speaks to society. Actually. Um, <laughs> Are we all? Are we all actually daubing a canvas in our own feces? Actually, I think we are. <laughs> Sorry, I think we are. So the thing I was going to say was, in terms of luck, in terms of unluckiness, um, especially because Gary Monk was, you know, and, and this is Gary Monk is going to say this because because a he's Gary Monk and b is a football manager, and they've got to kind of spin their own yarn and their tails, and some do it in quite respectful ways, and some do it in very blatant, very crappy mm-hmm. ways. See Neil Warnock um, yes. and Billy Davis from previous uh, previous games. Previous, you were you may you may remember such previous pantomime villains as <laughs> Billy Davis and <laughs> Neil Warnock. The point I was going to say was, in terms of luckiness, I think it is a mix. I were we lucky in front of goal? I don't think so. Um, I thought it was purely lack of clinicism. The thing I want to say was that actually, um, one of the things I think we'll get onto is the performance of our goalkeeper, Kieran Westwood. One thing I think I kind of saw from the game and then also kind of looking back was that goalkeeper was, wasn't very good. I think he lived a bit of a charmed life and that's the area which I think that we were a bit unlucky. Yeah, maybe. I I didn't think he was particularly convincing a goalkeeper. Yeah, and I think if we actually exercised a bit more testing him, we would have had a few more goals, and this would have been a different result. Yeah, Ugh, I don't know. I don't. I. Don't, it's hard to look at him and go, "Oh, he did badly." When our goalkeeper has played a massive, massive. <sighs> well, that's game. yeah, and that's and that's probably and hey, this is probably the element of us doing being Sheffield Wednesday fans and uh, doing a Sheffield Wednesday bias podcast and looking at every game with our Sheffield Wednesday tainted glasses on. The ones that we got from the club shop, um, <laughs> a little Aussie owls on them, and all this type of stuff. Um, yeah, blinker wigs. Yeah, we're just looking like regular Elton Johns, aren't we, Rich? <laughs> the games. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's probably going to seem hypocritical to say their goalkeeper was bad when Kieran Westwood, you know, once again is just pulling the rabbit he pulls out of his hat. His hat <laughs> is his poo smeared rabbit, and. <laughs> It's a lot of excellent today. <laughs> Do you need the toilet, Luke? <laughs> no, I'm good. I've gone. But, you know, maybe, maybe I'm literally scatterbrained. I've scat on the brain. Maybe. Uh, so, um, I think you might be right. Mm-hmm. What his, what the what their goalkeeper? What I noticed about their goalkeeper was, um, by and large, he was passing the football out from the back, uh, normally with reasonable success. So. They knew that Ayu wasn't going to win any headers against Iorfa. So as the game went on, increasingly they passed it a bit shorter into Iorfa to get mm. uh, into uh, Ayu to let him get on the ball. That's the sort of thing we never have op- available to us because we don't have a goalkeeper that can pass a football. Uh, I thought he did well with a couple of reactive saves. So uh, we, you're right that, that Fletcher did head the ball straight at him, but he did head it, head it down low and powerful, and the goalkeeper still did a pretty decent job with that. Um, and he also saved from that weird deflected shot that, that Murphy had in the first half fairly convincingly. Uh, so I, th- you're, I think you're probably right. He didn't look brilliant, and the fact that he spilled that reach shot which should have been very very easy just to gather up as a goalkeeper it wasn't 
it wasn't massively quick it wasn't curling hugely it was it was a pretty tame shot along the ground he should have should have saved it and held it but we got a chance out of it and he didn't get up quick enough to stop the the goal going in so yes probably not a great goalkeeper i think i'd I'd agree uh but also yeah he was definitely the best goalkeeper on the pitch yesterday yeah but you know again yeah i I don't know and then the interesting thing looking at kieran westwood is kieran westwood pulled off two i think actually maybe three very very good stops uh i i remember the one late on before the corner the one of the well the one that led to the corner basically equalized yeah that was that was we we celebrated i mean i I think they had a little kiss with fox they went nose to nose it was a great time we were all happy well, yeah, and then, and this is this is definitely leads to down the path of game management, which largely for most of Monk's reign we've been pretty good so far, um, or been better at, I should say. That was so. Well, let's not skip ahead to that bit, but that was one of the most bizarre periods of football, even for Wednesday. It was just baffling. Uh, but so, so obviously. So after so our- we're going to look, let's look at the we've got the course of the Swansea pie, but the Swansea pie is made up of a starter pie, uh, a main pie, and a dessert pie. It's like a uh, Four Seasons pizza, but yes, pie Quattro, for um, yes, Quattro Stagione, uh, Quattro or is that Stag- yes, the Quattro Stagione, yeah, yeah, just but, a trio of Stagione. What of a Swansea accent, you know, Quattro Stagione. <laughs> but and then. Uh, I, I sorry, I have something on my mind, Rich. I really want to share. Okay. I really want to get out. Is it Memphis? Um, why? Why in North America do they call Maine's entrees? Oh, it's the one of the stupidest things. It is. It's up there with Americans pronouncing "roof" "rough" and saying uh, "could care less." Yes, yes. I was saying this last night to a friend of mine. <laughs> like saying you could care less, it means there's a large spectrum of what you can care for. Yes. It doesn't tell me anything about. It doesn't say fucking anything. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad. I, I had an argument with someone who I also respect as a very intelligent friend of mine. And he was defending could care less. And I felt like throwing him out the window. But what I, is the def- I can't even imagine a defense of could care less. <laughs> we would have shipped a lot more goals if our defense could care less. Mm. Though That's the dear. spectrum of where they cared yesterday was maybe another question completely. So, so, um... so anyway, the starter pie. The starter pie. Well, starter people say pie, we, we kind of we, we were the better team for 20 minutes. Yes. But then Fletcher hitting the woodwork, uh, hitting the post, that happened in the 29th minute. So uh, for me, I thought that was all part of a piece where we were the better. I think we were the better team pretty much until they scored. Um, Completely. That, was, Completely. that was my feeling. So I don't I don't think it was like 20 minutes of us being good and then 10 minutes of them being brilliant. Um no, but, I, well, I don't think there was any great... Swansea definitely looked a very, very good side. Or they oh. looked a very good side. Maybe I've used a, a very too many. One very too much. Um, no, but it's that nice mixture of very experienced players and some really promising youngsters. Because you've got people like mm. Nathan Dyer who've kind of been there, seen it, done it, but still... Look, look. Well, that's the funny thing. You've got you've got a few players who probably aren't very old professional football players, but they feel yeah. like they're, they're players who, because they broke through at a young age. They get to the late 20s and you think, aren't you supposed to be drawing a pension at this stage? You know, Dyer's 31, okay. But but Routledge is 30. Routledge is pretty old, I was going to say. He's a pretty decent age. Uh, but that, yeah, I thought Chilina, um 
Grimes looked really good. Their number eight, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, that front that front kind of three that kept rotating around. They kept us on our toes all all game, uh, pretty pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of them looked very comfortable on the in possession. Um, they do still. I don't know why teams kick off other than Liverpool and Man City kicking off into your own box. I, I just. It doesn't seem to work in the championship very well. No, no. It just invites huge amounts of pressure, and I don't think the players are good enough to deal with it very often. Uh, but they're Do one you of think teams. that even though we get older, um, we don't ever kind of graduate from um, being kids in the playground thinking, I saw this on Match of a Day, yeah, let me try and recreate it. Oh, right. Oh, yes. Yeah, probably. So I was, I was just <laughs> my, my footballing mentality when a defender's got the ball is get rid of it. Get rid of it. You're going to mess it, things up. Along. Or, um, you know, I was taught at a young age to basically, you know, I was playing for, I was playing for Abby Lane was my junior team and I was at right back and basically was told, just clear it or put it into the trees because we had some trees oh, like, nice. outside put of the thing. The so tree. put it into the trees, basically. I just remember Sturrock. I think it was Graham Lee. He was lambasting Paul Sturrock. Um, he said, "He said the lad is twenty year, twenty eight years old. That's a funny time to decide you're a footballer." Uh, <laughs> 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 which is just tremendous. What a great, what a great chap Paul Sturrock was. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So they, so they scored pretty much out of nowhere, uh, despite the fact they looked very comfortable on the ball. They weren't cutting us open and ma- making loads of wonderful chances probably being very attractive and kind of you know they were trying to stroke it around and play it shorts and uh yeah you could definitely see kind of a lot of their talents yeah. in the game and they are one of those clubs that has um that sort of director of football model where mm. the manager is is part of a a wider team that's in charge of footballing affairs. So that means that Swansea has had an identity about their play since long before. So, well, since Monk was playing for them um, and it, it still continues all these years later, despite the fact that they've been through probably six or seven different managers in that time. And, and obviously personnel has changed drastically, but yes, they have that kind of uh, Southampton model of, um, you know, like the Beyonce song to the left, to the left, everything you own in the box to the left. <laughs> Um, there'll be another you in a minute. In fact, he'll be here in a minute. Yeah. Um, don't ever get to think that you're irreplaceable. So, because basically we've scoped out numerous managers in the future who we can replace you with. Oh, it should definitely be called the Beyonce model. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love that at like a, an AGM. So the board of directors of Cheltenham FC have decided to shift to the uh, the Beyonce model. Um, from from henceforth, all footballing affairs. We'll be dealt with on a uh, to the left, to the left, everything you want in a box to the left <laughs> style. <laughs> oh, lovely. Oh, um, <laughs> so there's a miscommunication between. Well, let's let's kind of backtrack as well. Okay. So, I, I was texting with, I think, my, my eldest brother was at the game, you know, <laughs> here in the sunny beaches of uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And um, are you using sunscreen on these uh, sunny beaches? Always use sunscreen. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's what I learned from that uh, hit song when we were teenagers. Oh, yeah. You know, always use sunscreen. And um, he was saying, like, I blame Fox. And I was like, did you blame Fox for the corner that was conceded? Not the actual corner that we yeah. conceded the goal from. Because that was that was some real miscommunication. Because they whipped across him, didn't they? 
and no one they was did. on the end of it. But basically, Fox is like, what am I doing with this? Oh, and then he headed it over the bar. And then him and Westwood had a bit of afters because Westwood was like, you didn't need to do that. It was, you know, you could have left it. Yeah, it's a deep cross. <laughs> Fox is following it into the box, running towards his own goal and and feels like he's got to deal with it. The one who's got the picture there is Westwood. And sometimes when Westwood shouts, you know, when he shouts, he wants a ball and things like that. I can hear him at the back of the cop. I did not hear Kieran Westwood shouting that he it was his ball or to leave. Interesting. Kind of thing. Um, it's not always that you hear it, but, you know, when he shouts loud enough, you can hear it. Uh, that, that was not one of those occasions. So I don't know whether he did say something, but Fox needlessly headed it over the bar slightly more frightening than it needed to be um and but he, but he from his point of view i'm sure he just was thinking well i'm making sure because he left a runner on his shoulder he probably thought that person was going to follow him into the box but they yeah they then had an argument all the way up to the corner going in where kieran westwood came out dropped it fox was off balance so couldn't really clear it properly and, and iu poked it into the goal mm-hmm Oh, Which, um, so I guess the interesting thing was, you know, I'm watching it with a very, obviously, Wednesday bias and, you know, um, John Pearson and Rob O'Neill doing the commentating. So I, I kind of watched that goal a few times. I've watched that goal a few times more than I've watched the second goal. Okay. Um, was, were there any fouls on Kieran Westwood? Because I wasn't sure about that. I think I eventually kind of concluded, you know, I got the, the red string up on the board and did a lot of conspiracy theories kind of connections but a Pepe Silvia from Sunny in Philadelphia. And um, I kind of came to the conclusion that there wasn't a foul on him, but it, wa- it wasn't completely... Westwood wasn't completely free to get that. The player that Westwood hits on his travels is Iorfa. Now, Iorfa really? is okay. kind of okay. bumped into by two Swansea players, so he's not where he would like to be standing. But I'd, it's very tangential if you're going to give a foul, and I'd be absolutely fuming if we'd had a goal disallowed in similar circumstances. The right. other factor is Kieran Westwood had it in two hands. So the the bigger thing is, why didn't he just keep a hold of it? I, I don't know if it was that. I'm, can I ask a very basic kind of stupid question here, Rich? Because I think you're a man who has a lot more. <laughs> I love doing this podcast with you, Rich. You have a far better reading of things and football oh, I than I do. Let me just ask a very stupid question. Um, what is the point of Westwood coming to get the ball, coming to try and collect the ball from a corner? Oh, well, he clearly must think he he's you know he's got he can get it he can stop he can sort of stop things happening and, and I think keepers are very often criticised for not coming for things for not coming for things yeah and leaving it for defenders to try and to try and defend and you know yeah but the thing is the more I the more I watch it it just is a it's an absolute howler from the goalkeeper. He's just failed to catch mm-hmm. it. It doesn't really matter what's going on underneath. You know, goalkeepers get away with murder in those situations. They they jump with both their knees out and they just clear house and they take the ball. That's what you're supposed to do as a goalkeeper. And if you are, if somebody does have the audacity to stand their ground against you, guess what? You nearly always get a foul. But the problem with that is it's not a, f- nobody's touching Kieran Westwood's arms or hands. It's just a terrible flap at the cross. Yeah, which is then making me think that, uh, I I don't know, maybe I'm a bit blind by recent events, but when has Westwood been particularly great at that? Because he's he's been exceptionally poor in recent history. Well, I think you look at, it's now becoming a thing. He is not dealing well with crosses. Uh, with no, set pieces. No, he really isn't. So the mill and, and that was 
The mil- that sorry, was, sorry. We can definitely say that was the weakest part of his game yesterday in the mm-hmm. light of making two, I think, three incredibly decent stops in the game. Like he pulled off three very, very good saves, which a quality of, you know, keeper of the quality of Kieran Westwood, you would expect to do. However, he still made two errors, which have conceded two goals. And they've both come from crosses. They've both come from corners. Yeah. And he's flapped at both of them. And um, guess what? We conceded two exceptionally weak goals. Yeah, well, I think I think I count the Millwall goal in amongst the two from yesterday, and I I count the first Blackburn goal uh, last week in the same. It's the same issue. It's all the same problem. He's just dealing with it in different ways. So Millwall, he half-heartedly follows the track of the ball. If he stands still, it's an easy save. But because he follows the track of the ball, he's completely out of position from a very basic tall man heading it back towards the goal. And that Blackburn goal is almost exactly the same goal. He has, but it's worse because he was never, there was never even a hope of him getting the ball. In, in that Blackburn scenario, it, it's literally a third of the, the penalty area away from him. He's getting nowhere near it. There's probably 10 players between him and the ball. So why he is moving towards it is is unfathomable, especially for a keeper of his experience. So he, he follows the ball out and lo and behold, when it gets flicked back, a high header from the tall guy at the back post. Same problem again. It just gets nodded in. Uh, this one, he tries to come out and deal with it. He obviously feels he can. I don't. I wonder whether he. The, the, so there's a, there's maybe an idea that he's being told to behave differently at these set pieces. Nicky Weaver is. We've got a new goalkeeping coach. We've got a whole new coaching team. Mm. Maybe he's told being told to be more proactive when naturally he's a stay at home guy. <laughs> We know yes. from his international career, he <laughs> loves to stay at home. <laughs> oh, Rich Seinfeld, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> What's the deal with Crossing? But, but yeah, is it, you know, is it, is it that we are now trying to teach an old dog new tricks and this is the effect of that? And this is the effect of doing it is that, yeah, the dog doesn't know. Because, you know, you know, you know he's overthinking peeing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, he's. So done... I'm wondering in this situation, I mean, this is getting to the point where, oh, this is, this becomes, <coughs> this very much becomes like, I think previously how we've done with strikers at the club. You know, we talked about like, you remember the times when we saw like Paul Heffernan? Mm. Or the times we didn't, I, I should like, let me rephrase this, the times we didn't see Paul Heffernan. When we sort of. Paul Heffernan kind of became this mystical figure. Because he's someone that clearly had a, a history and could score some goals at that level, at League One level, when we signed him. Um, you know, but we never saw him. We didn't know if he was good enough in training. We didn't know, you know, how he ranks up. But then the other strikers are misfiring, and it becomes like, well, surely Paul Heffernan's better than this. Yes. It becomes yes. the appeal of the unseen reserve player. And I'm genuinely getting to the point, especially after this, um, I did see someone kind of maybe broached this kind of topic on House Talk, but is Dawson better than Westwood right now? Oh, Of all the limitations, so this is the thing, we're looking at, I think we can look at all three goalkeepers as a series of players with limitations, but I, I think the thing that we have to kind of admit, especially from the recent kind of two games, like... I don't know if we would have conceded. I don't think we would have conceded two goals yesterday if Dawson was in that. I think no. maybe just, maybe just one. For the nature of what we conceded, I think Dawson's better at crosses. 
it's just it's it's clearly becoming a thing for him because borderline the worst out of all so the the third goal is is largely Westwood getting it wrong again but it's maybe the worst out of all of them because he's decisively going for that but he gets nowhere near it yeah he completely sells himself and he has no impact on the this, play but this is again kind of falling into kind of a topic of what we're talking about and and what you're bringing up is you know me saying is there any asking the very basic and simple question of why is he being told to go for this when i think he would well he, he can't do much worse than be on the line no you know and i think a player with his reflexes that he's shown in the game could probably have a chance of saving some of these efforts oh yeah yeah and none of these are particularly you know thunderous you know quick you know shots with any great velocity that were going in there weren't any kind of rasping finishes where you're like well no one could have stopped that if he was in the place of it you know they're all pretty kind of soft tame kind of pokes goalward you know some slightly quick pokes there's a very good chance with the first goal that I offer just heads it away if uh, Westwood doesn't get involved. It's not mm. like he, he saved it from somebody's head when he went to catch it. That was a really interesting bit you said about Fox as well. Like, uh, you know, I kind was it on the podcast that you said previously was, um, you know, your sister, you and your sister were arguing about whether oh, Fox yeah. cleared it. And in, in she was adamant that Fox got to it, which didn't seem to happen. No, yeah. But she she thought that... I mean, it's just a, a, a shambles all round, isn't it, after after the, uh, after the Westwood drops it. But, um, for, yeah, from my perspective, I thought Fox had kind of flicked it over his head in, on first viewing, um, and she thought he'd kind of kicked it against other Wednesday players. But it turns out IU was just... He, he reacted quickest and... and uh, took it decisively yeah Fox wasn't far off from I think what I felt I saw I felt that Fox kind of you know was a few milliseconds away from making a connection which yeah I know maybe it still goes in the goal but or maybe it goes somewhere else who knows at that point it's a bit of a lottery absolutely I think well yeah I think Fox he's so he's so off balance he's trying to be cautious because he could so at various moments the most likely thing for him to do is to is to score a goal, so he's trying to wait till he's got his 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 weight kind of um, planted, so that he can at least mm. kick it straight up in the air. I think that's probably what would have happened if he connected. Uh, but yeah, just Ayu being a good good striker uh, kept himself a, a, a alive and awake and uh, poked it home. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty much the first half, I guess. Right, if we think about that first goal that we conceded, absolutely. Yeah. And then coming out to the second, uh, you know, I think we almost picked up on some of that momentum that we had from the first, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, we can argue on the yes. <laughs> timeline, but yeah. we seem to come out fairly bright, I think. We did, yeah. Um, there was a really lovely bit of play uh, where Kieran Lee very bravely won the header on the halfway line. Um and p- played it forward to Fletcher, who pulled in a lovely cross for for Murphy, who was really really close to to at least asking the question of the goalkeeper. It was a really nice move. Uh, that that was that was fair. That was basically straight from the you know out of the blocks. It was really good. It looked like we were right on it. It sort of showed that that Kieran Lee was being more involved going forward, and 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 Bannon was sitting back, and it it, it almost paid immediate dividends. Um, then obviously Murphy. Not too much after that hit the hit the post, and really, he really, really should have scored with that chance. That was a very, very good chance. Mm. 
Um, it's one of those where the defenders and the goalkeeper are just waiting for it to go in. Basically, they can't really do very much. Uh, but it but it hit the post, hit the inside of the post, and uh, bounced away. Uh, we then had a bit of a let off of our own uh, because Wilmot had a had a header that um, from a, from another set piece that hit the post. And again, I think we were all kind of just waiting for it to go in. It was it was a well taken header. And nobody really reacted. Uh, but by and large, we were, you know, we were the we were the better team. Um, but I think oh, yeah. the fact we were pushing forward meant there were just more chances for Swansea on the break than there had been in the first half. You know, we were pushing forward with with a bit more verve and guile. Mm-hmm. That's where, yeah, Westwood made one of his good saves in that kind of period as well. The one where Ayu uh, sort of swivelled and uh, and got his shot away. And yeah, and he got down made really it. incredibly well to his left. And yeah, really fingertips save really. Um, so that, so it was getting towards that period where you know we'd had so many chances, we'd been so close so often. Um, it, it was starting to feel like maybe it wasn't going to be our our day in front of goal. We we made a few changes. So Forestieri came on for for Ati Nuiu, which I, I think was a reasonably timed change and sort of it made a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, how, how did you feel knew you and, and Fletcher had done as a as a pairing? I thought it did really well. I, I thought it was. Um, I wanted to ask you one of the things I thought about preparing a question to ask you, Rich, was how did you feel knew you did on um, the spectrum of knew you? I think Rich has a very spectrum. deep spectrum of knew you performances <laughs> as we've established in previous podcasts. But I thought this is one of his best appearances for quite a while. I think this is his best starting appearance that I've I, in, in recent memory. I think it's the first time I've ever seen those two play together in the way that I feel is the most sensible for their talents. So normally mm. what happens is they play together, but Fletcher does just be, it just does Fletcher. You know, he does the uh, all action target man thing, uh, tries to win every header. And then you're left with Atty Nuiu being a cumbersome, slow uh, centre forward. And it doesn't work, really. It doesn't suit Atty's skills <laughs> because he's not involved in, in winning headers. And it, it it does suit Fletcher, but it's like you sort of think, well, what's the point in having Atty knew you there if Fletcher's going to do all the big man things? So, But this mm. time made a bit more sense because Atty knew you was the target man. And Stephen Fletcher was trying to be a striker, trying to be in the box more, trying to. And I think the fact he got those headers that we've we've talked about, maybe he should have done better with. The fact he got those chances was was probably testament to the fact that he wasn't doing all of the work outside of the box. He was much more likely to be between the posts, waiting for crosses to come in. Um, on another day, you know, he probably should have had at least a goal out of those those good chances he had. Another striker might well have had two or three. Mm. Uh, so no, I th- I thought it worked well. I thought knew you had done well. I, I think my my criticism would slightly would be is just that almost anybody could have done Fletcher's role yesterday. W- w- yeah. The problem is you can't depend on Atty to be as good as he was yesterday. But if we knew we were getting yeah. that performance out of him every game, then I don't know if Stephen Fletcher is the natural partner for him because it does free you up. You could have uh, Winall, Rhodes, Forestieri because. Knew you was doing the thing where he's bashing the defenders and winning headers. So then the other player just really has to be part of the build up and be a striker. Um, and Forestieri at his best, Winall at his best, and Rhodes at his best, I'd say would pro- are probably better at that role than Stephen Fletcher is. 
maybe i don't know <laughs> this is all very like speculative but it's like in an ideal world where atty knew always gives you what he gave us yesterday then maybe fletcher's not his ideal partner because I think other people might be better at that role. But anyway, we, we made that shift. We took Atty New You off. So Fletcher reverted to being the, the all-action target man that he uh, that mm-hmm. we know of. And um, New, uh, Fletcher, uh, the Forestieri sort of... He didn't play up top particularly, did he? Um, he sort of... But when, but when does he ever play up top? Like, in a weird way. Like, even when he plays up top, when does he ever play up top? So, you know, <laughs> point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. But um we then made the, the the other change. Murphy had had a very good performance. I think probably it was a little bit late in uh, in bringing him off because I, I do think he'd he'd well and truly run his race by about the hour mark uh, mm. Murphy. Uh but Murphy came off for, for Adam Reach and then uh Would you Adam have Reach... um would you have well I guess it's it's that giant question. Do you think maybe Forestieri for Murphy might have made a bit more sense? It's kind of what we ended up with not too long after Reach came on, because when Rhodes came on, Forestieri went out to the to the left wing anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, it kind of happened. It just happened 15 minutes later than maybe it could have. I don't know. I don't know. Because obviously Forestieri followed up uh, the chance in a way that I've never seen Fletcher follow up a, a shot into the box that way. The only other player that tended to do that in previous seasons was was Gary Hooper. So uh, Reach came on, uh, had a fairly immediate impact in that the first time he got the ball, he pushed past a couple of defenders, had a good shot uh, low to the keeper's left, which he palmed out. Um, and Kieran Lee did a great job recycling it. And uh, Forestieri just popped away the, the tap in. So, yeah. And... Um... Yeah, I, every little bit of that I was really impressed with. It had taken 81 minutes, but we finally kind of found a way to stop hitting the post and actually put it in the goal. <coughs> we then p- proceeded with the sub that was going to happen before we scored um, and took off Kadeem Harris and brought on Jordan Rhodes, mm. which I think it's fair to say I had mixed feelings about. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> uh, genuinely. And... Um... But do you I remember was... anything that Jordan Rose did in the game apart from? I think he did a quite. Um, quite it wasn't a bad cross. I think he put it in from the right. He at put, one it, point. put it pretty. It's the it's the best I've seen Jordan Rhodes play in a Wednesday shirt since probably his first or second game for us. Yeah, yeah. Now that's not. It's not high praise. You know, we're no. talking once again. We are kind of talking about uh, you know the the veritable peanut in the turd. Um, <laughs> just to bring us back. <laughs> to scale logical matters. For the pussy um, I've been running through the episode. <laughs> like a skiddy and some white tighty whiteies. Um Well, I mean two two does rhyme with poo poo, oh. let's be honest. <laughs> um but I thought, you know, for, for for where Jordan Rhodes is in his career and his his Wednesday life, I thought he put in a shift for us. I think he he added something. I think Harris he'd had a very frustrating game. Weirdly, I, I thought he was coming alive towards the end of the game, and I thought Norton had got much more tired than Harris was, and potentially he was just going to have a pretty fun time with him in that last 10 minutes but whatever reason you know i i could i could see the the justification of making the sub before we equalized it's one of these where 
if you've handed in the paper, sometimes you can't actually take it back. Uh, substitution. We've had that before previously. Right. Where you're doing the throw the meat on the fire uh, one nil down in the 85th minute sub. And then actually you do score and maybe you would rather draw it back. But anyway, we, we made the sub. Um, I think Rhodes was, was busy. He kind of, he led the line quite well. So he's, he's always quite disciplined in trying to sort of play on the shoulder of the defender. So, um, that was pretty useful. Uh, there was also a pretty decent opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm blanking now. Was it Fletcher who scored the goal that was disallowed? Yes. Um, <clears throat> and actually, annoyingly, that was one which I didn't get to see because I think they were sh- too busy showing the repeats, the replay of the chance previously. Um, so they just come Rhodes, back to Rhodes say it was offside. Rhodes played a good part in that as well. Um, and really, again, Fletcher shouldn't have been off. That is another thing, that uh, another habit of Fletcher's is being constantly offside. And it's unbelievable how often he's offside. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, so I thought I thought Rhodes did 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 all right when he was on. Um, certainly wasn't a negative in the way that he has been previous times. Yeah. Um, and it, we, we kept our momentum. We kept on t- top of them. Um we then uh, we got a corner and uh, it was a good good corner in. Uh, I thought it was Rhodes who'd had the free header in the middle, but uh, I'm told by uh, the authorities that it was Iortha that had the header. Either way, whoever had that header in the middle, it was a pretty bad header. But thankfully, the um, we had the 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 cultured, luscious left foot of one Morgan Alexander Fox. Morgan Fox showing a better striking ability than you, you and Fletcher combined from this game. Absolutely. He really just absolutely rust it down. It was just lovely. Hit it perfectly. Great. Yeah. It was some real, um, oh, it was some real Dennis Bergkamp finishing, wasn't it? It It was was really, uh, very good. Yeah, really. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, composure in that situation. That's a big, big moment. And he did really well. Who knew that Foxy had shades of Marco Van Basten in his pocket? <laughs> and then he did a big, um, you know, big ears celebration. Uh, I mean, he, he's player of the he is player of the month. So I, di- I didn't know quite what he was, what the statement was there, because I think the, I think the uh, the general fan base has turned a corner on on Morgan Fox, and we're, I we're hope all, so. And I hope we kind of carry on with now. this. You know, one of the funny things I I thought from the game, and um, we're not going to do player ratings for Swansea players. Um, so a player we were linked with in the summer, uh, Jake Bidwell. Oh yeah, who seems from seemingly from all the reviews I think I heard previously when we were interested was uh, he's a very he's a very kind of so-so journeyman championship left back. Right. Yes. And I guess the funny thing is, I think previously we thought about, you know, would he be an improvement on our left back options? <laughs> and uh, what I kind of felt from that game, and kind of what I saw from Bidwell was, he's okay, but he's but he's no Morgan Fox. He's no Morgan Fox. Absolutely. So then um, everyone lost their mind. Everybody lost their minds. We had that chance, which again was an exceptional save from Westwood point blank. I can't remember who it was. For, Before uh, that, it was like three or four awful dives by Swansea players in the box. And why the ref didn't give any free kicks for them, I have no idea. But even that, you know, immediately preceding that good chance from Westwood, Ayu threw himself on the floor in front of the ref, imploringly. And, you know, again, he didn't, he should have got a yellow for the blatantness mm-hmm. of his dive. But 
play was allowed to carry on. Uh, Westwood made the save. Uh, him and Fox had a little smoochie-woochie. <laughs> and, uh, and then from the set piece... Everything West- went back to the playground. Westwood went went dived into the mosh pit and forgot he was supposed to be a goalkeeper. <laughs> he was the person on the edge of the mosh pit that can't quite get in. You know the one that like they keep getting pushed out and they keep trying to get in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was so annoying um, to concede because we deserve to win, despite what the Swansea manager told the BBC. What a tool. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday deserved to win that match. Yeah. And it felt like one of those, again, where kind of everything conspired against us winning the match, but we somehow managed to do it. And then... Well, this is uh, this is the whole question. Was it deserved or was it undeserved? Because, I, you know, um, I kind of feel a little bit like you have to say it's undeserved when you're the architects of your downfall. Yeah. When you have a player who's doing some real negative playmaking like Kieran Westwood did. So I don't know. It is a difficult one. I mean, definitely for our attacking play, some of the forward stuff we played today was fantastic. Like yesterday was fantastic. So we really should have got the win for that. We just, there, like I said, there were just two moments we just completely let ourselves down. But it, isn't it crazy to be in a position, you know, two years ago, we would not be in this position where it's almost like we need to outscore how bad Westwood is at being a goalkeeper. I know. I know. That's what it comes uh, down to. Two goals in a tight game against a team that's top of the league should probably be enough to win the match for us. Exactly. We scored two goals in the second half. And for a team like us with like one of the one of the better defensive records in the league, (laughs) albeit we've conceded four goals in the last two games now. Um, you know, yeah, we should have we should have seen it out. And people do talk about game management and I I think we did completely lose our heads. It felt like I didn't see the the Blackburn game, so I can't sort of speak to to that in the same terms. Um, but it did. I mean, the place went obviously Hillsborough went wild when we scored that second mm-hmm. goal, um, and we've also without you know to chase the match, we've got a team on the pitch that is not set up to defend a lead. No. No, there's I mean, that's, no defensive cohesion there. That would be a bit of a shame of a thing that I'm thinking about. Kind of personalities are missing on the pitch. Do you think if we had someone like Hutchinson, that would have made a difference? He certainly ha- bought Burner and Hutchinson. Burner and Hutchinson are two yeah. massive characters that we didn't have yesterday, and yeah. may were, and we didn't have, um, we didn't have them last week either, did we? No. Um, so they are, yeah, they're two massive characters that have been missing during these kind of heady wild moments sorry i'm just gonna no hutchinson oh no they both played against blackburn sorry so that so we can't blame that then <laughs> i can't blame that in the same way <laughs> they're just as much at fault as anyone else but it felt like <laughs> i i think the thing that we're kind of identifying and underlining with this chat rich is that we are definitely missing characters that who can i mean i i think this is the the difficult thing especially when you're looking at the fact that you know you talk about that third substitution bringing in a very you know a very attacking side with little kind of cohesive glue cohesive defensive mentality throughout that team yes you know but then that's that's the i think we'd all want to roll that dice wouldn't we we'd all rather be completely completely we'd all, and then we'd all rather chase the game and try and win than in the 91st minute back. with 95 minutes on the clock it's impeccably slow it's not like we're you know it's not like we're one nil up and we've got like 15 minutes left no you know so 
I think how much we kind of think about this and we kind of, you know, it, it is very much inexcusable that we threw away this game. That, but that, I suppose what I'm saying is in terms of, we, you know, we talk game management, but how do you manage a senior pro doing what doing what he did today? Yeah. No you... game plan is based on, oh, and by the way, at some point, our 34-year-old goalkeeper who has spent his whole career at Premier League level before he came to us, at some point he's going to, you know, run around the penalty area mm. like he's an idiot and let them score a free header. <laughs> And that's kind of what's happened in both games. Ugh, anyway. So I guess the question I'm wondering about and thinking about now is um, I'm, I'm always int- intrigued, especially, you know, talking about footballers and how this kind of works out. But the fact that they're now going into an international break mm. and typically the players seem to have like three or four days off, don't they? Or something like that. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think there was <laughs> I heard some like post-match interview with Bannon or pre-match interview where he said he was going to some kind of short trip to some, you know, mini sunny tropical climb with yeah, his Dubai or somewhere like that. Something like that, yeah. Um but anyway, when they kind of next come back in, I'm curious like what is <clears throat> what is the action going to be for using Westwood cuz I unless we see a really bold claim and that we maybe see Westwood benched for a little bit and that we maybe see Dawson come in or I mean, how do is- they how do you proceed with this old dog you know and uh, one of the recurring themes on social media is you know for the last couple of weeks has been you know what if Dawson had been the one that had made those mistakes and I think there would have been a lot more outward criticism of Dawson mm. <sighs> it's for me it's really tricky because I I don't have a lot of faith in in Dawson. No. But I may well be getting to the point in my mind where I'd probably rather see him given the chance than Westwood. I just he just seems something seems to be a bit broken with Westwood at the moment. Yeah. And whether that's something that he can work through, I mean he's a tremendously, you know, in the past he's been a tremendously sort of mentally strong character. Um but at this point in time he's just He's a liability. And I ne- he's never, you know, I never thought we'd be in this position, but here we are. Mm. You can point to games now where the goalkeeper has cost us. And he used to be the guy that saved our bacon, you know, all those wonderful records of, of, of record numbers of clean sheets and things like that. He was yeah. such a big part of those. I know, I know. And he still seems to be a very good shot stopper. You know, when those moments where... Mm. It's it's react, make yourself big. He's still very good at those, but he's struggling at set pieces and seems to be struggling well, in terms of just organizing his, you know, communicating with this defense. I think one of the things I've noticed since Monk has come in it is the talking. People talk more. Uh, it's it's really quite nice to see people sort of, organ- you know, Atty's organizing the front line. Uh, Kieran Lee was organizing the midfield. And then... Um, I offer it happened to be was talking about talking to the other defenders. So there's kind of like captains within each team on the pitch. Uh, and that, those are nice things to see. You know, they're talking things through. They're discussing how to do things better. That's a, that's a good thing to have. But at the same time, one of our better communicators in Kieran Westwood seems to not be communicating as well with his defenders as he's done previously. I don't think that Morgan Fox is one of these rare people that only speaks Welsh. <laughs> So, so, so presumably, if you yell at him that he should leave the ball, he's going to mm. do it. 
Anyway, so it's we can anyway, catch up. It's the international break again. We're still we're still close. To me, the season is more and more feeling like you know we've we've been pro- we've got this promise from Nixon that potentially there's there's three loans we might be able to have. Um, that's feeling like an important. The January transfer window is feeling like a pivot moment for the season for us, mm. and if we can keep where we are within kind of nibbling distance of the teams that are that are challenging you know potentially those two or three players could make a really big difference to us i think maybe one of the things to look at next week in the international break is what what would what would be our ideal maybe not naming names but where where would we want them to play those three players um just to you know flag up a potential segment <laughs> uh but I do wonder whether we need to look at a goalkeeper. It's really hard for someone to just drop in in the middle of the season. But if we could get a, I'm just thinking, you know, we've we've always had very good goalkeepers. I think in my most of my time as a Wednesday fan, um, and occasionally we've had incredibly good goalkeepers. But people like Lee Grant, uh, Scott Carson, even even uh, Roddy was really good for the time he was with us. If there is somebody sat on a Premier League bench or not even getting on the bench, because sometimes that's the case. Yeah, yeah. If there's somebody who's like the next top draw goal, you know, one of the next top draw goalkeepers and they're available, I would I would grab them and, and put them in. I know it's a big call. I know it's a there would be a lot of pressure on that player. But seeing the impact that having a, a really top draw goalkeeper can have on you as a team, it would be it would be worth it if it works. And the worst case scenario is we end up back with Dawson and uh, Dawson or or Westwood and filling the slot, and, and unfortunately we've got an expensive substitute. But yeah. I I doubt that would be the situation. I just remember Carson coming in, Scott Carson, and the whole team was able to play twenty thirty yards further forward because not only did we have a good goalkeeper could we could rely on, but he was quick off his line, so he was able to play that kind of sweeper keeper role and it just made the whole team better and you sort of think well goalkeeper shouldn't have that much of an impact but a good goalkeeper can um i, I don't know it's it, it's it's hard he westwood has been so 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 good um tremendous value for for the free transfer that he was but it's just increasingly feeling like this was maybe a season too far yeah i know or it, or it might be a mental thing. As I said, we, we, I'm holding out the option that it might be that he, he's being asked to do things he's just not comfortable with. And maybe that's something that can be changed. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It, it, I, I'm glad we got to another international break. I think we saw improvements last time and hopefully we'll see another set of improvements. It also hopefully gives us a chance to get some of those absent players back. Yep. Because I do really, really feel like Luongo is is going to be the more he we can get him playing the better the season is going to feel as well um so do we want to go through and do some uh, some ratings yeah let's kind of uh, run through that kind of fairly quickly uh just the interest of time westwood five i'm thinking yeah maybe a 5.5 i don't know the interesting thing is you know the score is two two he is two and two in terms of decent saves that kept <laughs> us in the game and two absolute clangers so yeah, I don't know how much that kind of undercuts. I think a five or a five point five kind of gives a little bit of kudos still to to someone who had a bad day at the office. But yeah, how many bad days? You know, how many bad I days? Think have at the office? I think it's a five. For me, it's a five. It's a five because mm-hmm. yes, he made saves and they're good saves. But you'd hope a goalkeeper makes at least one of those two good, really good saves. 
I would hope most goalkeepers would make. I do think the one before the corner is exceptional. I think that was a really tremendous reaction. So that one is, there's a little bit of kudos for that, but it is, it's washed away by, we did not need to concede the goals we conceded today. And that exactly. is the fault of the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Liam Palmer. Um, I'm, I'm getting a bit biased here because I'm just, I, I was curious again, you know, as brought to you by who scored, I was seeing what they kind of said. How did I feel Palmer did? Um, I can't really remember much of Palmer. I, I, I remember he didn't embarrass himself. I think he did, he did fine. Well, is a seven maybe a bit too much or is it more of a 6.5 performance? Uh, I, I think either of those is fine. Uh, I suppose it partly depends how you feel about the performance overall. If you thought it was a really decent performance, then I think he was a big, he was as much a part of it as just about anybody else. Which I mean, so, it was. It was just. Yeah. So he maybe deserves um, a seven. I guess there's the interesting thing, and as we go into player rings, I'm curious, like. How do, you know the defense isn't completely let off the hook for this? No, but really the major culprit in this is Westwood. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. let's should we should we cut it down the middle? Give him a six point seven five. Six point seven five. I love it. Yeah, the first three quarter <laughs> rating we've had on the pod sounds great. <laughs> um, Big Dom Dominic Iolfa. Ah, uh, he was really good as usual. I just. Uh, I, I made a note of a particular delight in watching him as centre-back. And it, it reminds me of, um, you know, something like Blue Planet, you know, a wildlife programme where... So it's the moments where a, a an attacking player has the audacity to take possession of the football in isolation from the rest of the field. And it is like watching a kind of docile bison or some other kind of herd animal kind of going about its business and then just in the background seeing this this leopard (laughs) (laughs) bounding towards it with all this kind of with this kind of grace and strength and power and it's like you are gonna get smashed mate and you don't even know what's coming because he's bounded about half the pitch width towards them. Oh, it's so good. He did it to Ayu two or three times yesterday and it was just so delightful to watch. And he wins the ball. He doesn't he doesn't give away a foul, but it's just like, yeah, he's like, you know, uh, Ayu brings the ball down. He's getting himself sorted, having a look where the rest of the teammates are. All the while, the, uh, the, the impending <laughs> attack is coming behind him. Oh, it's gorgeous. I love Dominic Iotha. At centre back, mm-hmm. um, seven point five or an eight? Yeah, dare think... venture an eight. I think he's probably one of the better players today. <laughs> I think I'd go along with an eight because mm-hmm. he had a couple of little um, jaunts forward as well, which I, I also really love. Mm. Are you getting more comfortable with those, Luke, or is it still? It's becoming natural. It's not something that like I, I, <laughs> you know, it's not like my uh, buttocks clench every time I see him <laughs> darting forward these days. <laughs> I think it's just it's just remarkable how for a player that we were like we're not sure about centre back, just how comfortable he is. There's it's just so much comfort there. You know what I mean? Yeah, comfort it's sort of who, who plays with. It's kind of who plays with Iorfa, isn't it now? Yeah, and I would probably then say the answer is Burner, yeah. um, which brings us on to to the return of Tom Lees, who did all right. He was fine. He was okay. He didn't. Um, didn't ever really embarrass himself. I don't really remember a great deal of what he did. I remember him kind of putting one or two passes around the back. Yeah, it's marked That's all I how... Remember from Lees. It, it, it is marked how um, the gulf in sort of how comfortable players are on, on the ball 
at the back there. Tom Lees is certainly kind of leagues behind Burner and I offer. Uh really kind of twitchy in possession and yeah. I, I think Tom Lees likes to have a picture of where the ball's going to go so if he receives it he wants to know he he likes a clear picture of where it's going next he doesn't want to dawdle on it he just wants to move it along to that next person but when that option is then shut down he can't he really freaks out that's when we see you know the times he's been caught kind of spinning round and round um it's when those options get closed off because he's he's already picked it's like all right, when i get the ball it's going to fox and then he looks up and fox is marked then he's like oh crap where does the ball go now um and that that can it didn't land us in any problems but it it, it was just one of those things you like uh yeah that is that is a big big difference in terms of just it's one of those qualities that, for all the qualities he has, Tom Lee's, it's one of those that he he, he lacks, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, a, a pretty decent meat and potatoes sort of performance. Uh, six and a half or seven? Did, where did you put him? I think a six and a half is about right. You know, yeah. I don't think he did quite enough to earn a seven. You know, he didn't embarrass himself. It wasn't a six. That's about right. And then uh, Morgan Alexander Fox. Me and Morgan Fox share a middle name. Fantastic. Well, it's good to know. Fair I yeah. like him. I like him even more. I can't say why. <laughs> I can't put my finger on it, Rich. <laughs> even though Morgan is a pretty terrible first name. <laughs> it's a second name, isn't it? It really is. I see what you've done there. Is you've got a second name as your first name. You've, you've messed up there. Do you, do you think you want to call him Fox Morgan? Oh, I like Fox Morgan. Yeah, sounds like a um, kind of Welsh detective. I was thinking, yeah, sort of noir detective. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe sort of a commander of a of a slightly janky spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Portrayed by Nathan Fillion. Yes, out. yes. It's exactly that's who I pictured, in fact. Stuff. And that's who I wanted left back. But with a proper, like, Welsh accent. <laughs> You're reminding me of the... Um, the, the uh, um, Blair, the stunted um, cinematic career of Ian Grufford. Remember Ian Grufford? I don't remember Ian Grufford. No, remember so... he was um, he was um, he was um, in the two Fantastic Four films. He played the main character. Oh, I would call him Johan Griffith. <laughs> Johan Griffiths is that what you call him? Yeah. That's Popper anyway, see? Morgan Fox. Foxy. Morgan Fox. What would what, uh, Fox what are Morgan, we? Fam, which is initials. Um okay. Yeah. I let's I, this is an interesting one. So so he was he did make an error that led to the corner, which was there to the first goal. Yeah. That's something that I don't think we can kind of forget, you know? I on this getting right. getting close to um, um Remembrance Sunday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That I, I oh. lest, lest we never forget that Morgan Fox made an error. See you, man. <laughs> this is where the podcast gets cancelled. Oh, yes, I think just me getting cancelled. I think you'll all, be fine. All the, all the well, maybe, then maybe you don't come off of it so well for associating me with me in the first place. <laughs> that's, uh, that's another story completely. Um, oh, but you know, like he was very good. It's outside of that kind of blip. Um, again, it's crazy to think that he's just making this left-back slot pretty much his own. Do you know, it, uh, whilst we're... Um, so, a very good performance overall. I think probably deserves something like seven and a half. Uh, yeah. I was also frustrated he didn't gamble on uh, Fletcher's shot that hit the post because Fox was just kind of stood watching it. And 
I sort of was even on the replay, you know, watching it the third or fourth time. I'm begging him to throw himself at it or stick a foot at it or something because it's just it's sort of asking for him to react in some way. Um, and he just kind of watches it bounce off the post and bounce away again. Mm. It's a bit frustrating. If he'd shown the same, um, <laughs> you know, grab life by the balls type uh, leanings as he showed when he gave away the corner, we didn't need to concede from uh we we probably would have had a goal a lot earlier mm. <laughs> that's harsh because he's not a striker by any chalk but just seeing how uh beautifully he took his chance later on in the uh in the day it just uh brings brings back that that fr- fresh frustration seven seven point five seven? i think seven point five seven point five he scored what should have been the winner uh, yeah yeah and then that was annoying that it, there was such a disruption to that um, to that storyline. You know that October Player of the Month, former Boo Boy, yeah. Morgan Fox wins the day. Totally. Fox Morgan wins the day. <laughs> I love Fox Morgan. I love, Fox I love Morgan. it so much. <laughs> right. Um, so moving forward to the midfield because uh, pretty much a flat four four two. Pretty, Pretty much. much. Um, Mr. Jacob Murphy. Jacob Murphy. Jacob. Um, I thought he did well. Very good. Very good. Um, that's, I, I really want to see more of this Jacob Murphy that we've seen and not the um, imposter Jacob Murphy that we've seen in previous games. Yes, yes. Yeah, that would be ideal. Um, this is think- a bit more of the character and the person who I think people would have looked at and said that we signed him. And some of the more generous characters would have said that's a brilliant signing and one that's that's really going to make the difference for Sheffield Wednesday. People, some people definitely said those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought he carried a threat pretty much every time he had the ball. Um, he 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 did get tired after an hour and and he put in a couple of pretty poor crosses after that. But uh, by and large, his, his set pieces were were, were pretty decent. Um, he he was moving the ball forward well and. Uh, he took a good number of shots, and and uh, you know two two of them were were, fa- were fairly decent. He he, he had the uh, the deflected one that could could easily have been a goal if the keeper wasn't paying as as close attention as he was. And um and his his one against the post, as we said, he, he struck it really really well, very cleanly. Just unfortunately, mm. it uh, hit the post and and uh, bounced out again. And it could, another day, you know, it, it's literally the case of maybe being a centimeter further left, and it it goes in. And we're talking about what a precise, brilliant finish it was. So I think probably a seven. But I it, think that's very fair. It was a very much a seven out of ten performance from him. Yeah, it was, it, but, but much much more like the sort of thing you want to see from him. Much more mm. pleasing, pleasing, and and hopeful. Um, it was good to see. Uh, Kieran Lee? Kieran Lee. So I don't know why I've actually... I think I was just a little bit distracted for a second. Sorry. Okay. I that's something else. Uh, Kieran Lee, I don't know why I was just um, giving a very sharp intake of breath. Kieran Lee was very, very good. Um, yeah. This is some of the best Kieran Lee I think we've seen in a while. Yeah. This is this is better than even the beginning of the season, Kieran Lee, which looked like it had a bit of promise yeah. about him. This was just everything I feel like Kieran Lee does best. Just maybe without a goal, but I mean, he got that assist. He I did. mean, him bursting forward and just having just again that radar and that the timing to arrive at that was just perfect. And I wondered whether he kind of scuffed it across, but it the more you kind of look back, it was more the right weight. It was that was perfect. You know, to just keep the ball in play and bring it back on to Forestieri to just to just meet it and just nick there and 
that's all you really need, really. Definitely. No, I, it was really, really nice to see. Um, the, the only criticism I'd give, uh, I, he was lucky to stay on the pitch, actually. He was, yes, because he followed up his yellow card with a, another challenge in re- short order. The, the referee was fine yesterday. He was okay. Um, I, maybe one of the better referees, but not a sterling performance even so. Maybe a 6.5 performance from a referee, but still a <laughs> um, hell of a lot better than some of the other referees would say. Um, so I know, and obviously in the first half, New Year was hauled down at one point, was pulled down by his shirts. But I don't think the referee wants to make any big kind of controversial decisions. And I think the finer point that helped for us, um, even though he didn't give any yellows to any of the Swansea players any times, um, you know, he kept Kieran Lee on the pitch in that case because he he got a soft yellow to start with yeah from what i kind of recall but then the one he followed up since he was on a yellow probably yeah. should have been a second yellow yes yeah so that was a bit of a downside of his game the one bit in the first half actually he was kind of I, i'm surprised i didn't see on the highlights package i would like to see it again on even on extended highlights um he kind of ran into the the box and he tried a very weak cross when you know I felt this, and Pearson and Rob O'Neill on the commentary said he should have put his foot through that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I do remember that. So, yeah. and not that I think Kieran Lee would be someone who would even produce a Marco Van Basten finish of Fox Morgan standards. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, that was a mild down point. But the rest of the time, he was busy. He got in. I know he kind of did a few bits. It was just kind of getting in the ball in around the box and to the byline and just kind of cycling the ball in a positive way. Yeah. And it really just makes a difference. And that's really what we miss from we've missed with missing Karen Lee and having him back and providing a performance like this gives me some real hope that there's more to come from in the future. He did look a bit tired. Um, do you think? Do you think he look a bit tired? He, he... I agree. No, I do. I do. I think he's. But then uh, I think also he naturally, as we threw more uh, purely attack minded players on, his his role shifted that he couldn't be as quite as gung ho going forward as well. Yeah. Um, so there's a bit of both. I, it did make me wonder whether because so the three that he's played in previously with Hutchinson and Bannon, Bannon and Hutch have very defined roles in that three you know bannon is trying to keep up with the with the attacking players and and make things happen at that kind of you know the living end and hutch is trying to sit deep and close off channels and you know do his do his hutchy defendy thing whereas kieran lee's role in that as the third man in that is a bit less it's a bit less obvious what you're there to do and what your what your job is. And I wonder whether, you know, for all of Monk's talk of not, he's st- spoken about not overwhelming players and kind of getting a- information across to them. I-, I wonder if maybe Kieran Lee had suffered from being a bit overwhelmed by the, the options that were presented to him in that, as that third, almost a spare man in a, in, in a, the three-man midfield. Yeah. And today he had a clear job and particularly second half and he just relished getting about getting on with it and getting about doing that task maybe i, I mean i don't know we don't know I'm, it's all speculation but it did make me wonder whether that that because the, the the idea of being that third player in midfield is you're kind of you're you're saving us from getting over outnumbered in situations but you're yeah. also trying yeah. to participate in outnumbering the opposition in situations uh but it means you're kind of you're asked to be six and one half a dozen the other and maybe that just doesn't suit him it's too it's too um too nebulous in terms of a, a kind of job of work for the for the 90 minutes i don't know yeah <clears throat> yeah 
So what are you thinking uh, score-wise? Definitely a seven. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a bit more. <laughs> no, I think I think a seven's about right. Yeah. And I'd say more almost the same for Bannon. What a seven for Bannon? Maybe. Yeah. I that's six point five. I thought it was one of his quieter games. You might be right. So this was uh, the interesting thing was I I almost felt maybe I'm getting a little bit of short term memory loss and amnesia here. Um obviously he didn't play last week. Bannon didn't know. But it felt like he I mean, maybe it's the comfort of Bannon is that he can kind of come back in. And even if he's not 100% up to speed, it kind of feels like he hasn't left. Yeah. Weird way. Because I I kind of was there thinking, oh, this is like the second game back from injury for Bannon. I'm like, oh, no, it's actually the first time we've seen Bannon. Because we didn't see him last week at uh, Blackburn. Um, Yeah, a little bit quieter than usual. (laughs) I think 6.5 seems seems fair for my opinion. Um, Had some good set pieces. God, the set pieces were so much better this week than they were so at Blackburn. Much better. So like... much better. It was just yeah. leagues apart. It really was. Yeah, yeah. That was some real Evo stick, um, Evo stick <laughs> Premier League stuff last week. It was some real Beezer Homes type stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any, no, other, was... any other sponsors for any non-league outfits you can remember? Just just put one of those names in. <laughs> Vanarama. Vanarama. Yeah. Vanarama set pieces. Yes. Oh. No, I, I, uh, that was a big, that was a big difference. <laughs> and... Uh, as we talked about, maybe on another day, probably would have produced a goal or two from from those much better set pieces. Um, <clears throat> then we've got uh, Kadeem Harris. I wanted to call him Calvin Harris for for some reason there, but I won't. <laughs> Kadeem, Kadeem Harris. I mean, he isn't born in the eighties as well. You know, it's no. a bit young, so. <laughs> Um, Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. Um, he was uh, taking a break from making the next uh, smash top forty hit, <laughs> and uh, to put a fairly underwhelming performance in on the wing for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, he did have that nice little cross, but other than that, it's pretty hard to see what he did. To be honest, today. Yeah, this is probably the weakest game I think we've seen from from Harris. And yet, how refreshing is it that we're not a one-man team and that we have other players yes. who, when they play at their best and when they step up, we don't always need to rely on uh, Kadeem Calvin Harris. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, would, would you say six and a half or six? Uh, let's be six and a half. Let's be generous. Because, I mean, it's still, it's still Harris. And I think that's the funny thing, even him having in the team. The theory should be is if they're putting players on him, if they're doubling up or tripling up on him, then it should be giving us space to do magic elsewhere on the pitch. So, And I think I do think Murphy benefited from the extra attention that was given to Harris. I think it meant Murphy had more room, um, had had room to cut in several times as well. So, yeah, the, the, we, we, we saw that in effect, definitely. Um, okay, Atty Nuiu. Oh, New You. New You was very, very good. Um, this was one of the best New You performances. Um, I I want to go with a 7.5 for New You. I was a little bit disappointed when he went off. Um, I, I felt we probably had still more a bit more in store from, from New You, even though I guess up to that point it hadn't merited a goal. Yeah, he had that one bizarre like flying header where he was almost like scraping his face along the floor to, to head it. Mm. And you're like, you know you've got feet. You know that, Atty. Do you remember in the first 20 minutes, I think he had that chance on the 18th or 19th minute where he just got the ball and then, you know, yes. do you, you remember the game against uh, Preston 
Yeah, not last season, the season before, where knew you just decided to just uh, evoke um, <laughs> evoke the spirit of Lionel Messi and um, took it past a few players before curling into the corner, and he nearly did the same again. You know, yesterday you had that chance on the edge of the, and he just bent it just wide. Yeah, that was a lovely, lovely oh, effort. Lovely effort and finish. Um, and he had some great feet, some great feet work. Um, you know, great feet for a big man, as the platitude usually goes. That's what they say. Because <laughs> we forget that they're professional footballers, you know. <laughs> it is one of those, uh, every single time you watch a game on Sky, they go, oh, you know, even though he's tall, he's actually he's actually probably even better with the ball at his feet. But yeah, I mean, one, that's because he's not very good at heading. And two... <laughs> That's what he's all about. Is the is the feet? Uh, no, it was a good. This was is nice to see from Atty. And as I say, if we could rely on that sort of a performance, you could you could build a team around that sort of a performance. You could, or, or you know, at least certain performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, certain t- certain. Um, game plans could be built around that kind of a performance and uh, that's really nice because it, it certainly wasn't the case for the whole of last season um so then we've got Stephen Fletcher what do we I oh, don't sorry. know I, I don't know how to broach the Fletcher issue um <laughs> not that he was bad I just I don't know how good he was not that not that he was terrible not, not that he was not good. He, was good. he was good I just don't know what shade of good he was you know necessarily he wasn't he wasn't as busy as he's been but that was the whole point of playing him alongside Nui you know yeah. you to be more of a striker to be on those margins what he didn't do was take the chances when they came his way which would have changed it from not just for the t- not just for himself but for a team performance would have made it all seem we we could have easily won yes yesterday 3-1 and all yeah. those goals would have been Fletcher mm. And that game, you go, oh, well, Stephen Fletcher was asked to play striker and he did it brilliantly. Uh, I mean, he still won more headers than knew you, even though he wasn't supposed to be doing that. Uh, but I think it's fair. He had le- much less of an impact. I'd, I'd maybe be tempted to sort of go towards... 6.5? Yeah, something like that for him. Yeah. The the other thing, neither of them were helped by... And Sorry to... Um, <laughs> um, I hate belaboring this point but uh aside from the go- the the goalkeeping errors westwood's kicking was pre- pretty terrible yesterday um and he went through a six a, 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 a sort of 20 minute or so period in the second half where they were barely getting over the halfway line uh which gave neither Nuiu nor fletcher any chance to win the headers it was almost just passing possession straight back to swansea because he was just getting no length on them at all i don't know whether that was weather conditions or or what but it was it was painful at times how just how little we could rely on the ball coming out from the back with any great consistency um which yeah which didn't help either of either Atty or, or Fletcher uh yeah so I, I think I think six and a half is is fair enough mm-hmm. um should we whiz through the subs in the order that they came on so Forestieri came on 66th minute seven yeah he scored but he didn't do anything else I don't even remember him touching the ball other than scoring. Um, he had the actually for the corner. He he got the shot that led to the corner, which I think he he whisped slightly. Oh um, yes, he kind of yes, you're right. That one, but uh, outside of that, I don't remember anything else that he did on the pitch. And he was but on. Yeah, the, he scored. Yeah, I mean he scored. That's that's and. The, you know, I, we talked about Fletcher. That's a diff- If you're the striker, that's what you're supposed to do. That's the thing you're judged on. Same as being a goalkeeper. Mm. <laughs> you know, you've got a pretty singular job on that pitch. So 
Maybe maybe a seven for Forestieri because he got a seven because I think he showed enough in that moment to you know have a good positioning to get on the end of Lee's you know to be quick enough and react quick enough to get there to just put the little finish on it to yeah. just put it wide of a keeper. I do I do think he's still looks miles off the sort of player we need him to be. But anyway, uh, yeah. today he did he did what he needed to do. Uh, Adam Reach. Um, Reach is an interesting one. Um, what do I think about Reach? Obviously uh, played a part in the first goal. Played a very good part. It was a nice shot that he mm-hmm. kind of rasped in with his left foot, you know, just kind of drifting in from the right and then just unleashing. Yeah. And it led to the goal. So I think we need something from that. Maybe but, a seven. Uh, yeah, a seven. I think it's six. He's, again, he, five. 6.75. Okay, let's go for it. That's our new favourite score now. Yeah. Um, I think, again, he didn't do very much outside of that, particularly. He had There was a couple of crosses, but neither of them were very good. He had a bit of time and space to put crosses in, I remember. Um, oh, and then finally, Jordan Rhodes. Probably a six for Rhodes. Well, it's probably the best we've seen from Rhodes. So. But I think six, six being the best we've seen from him is, is a fair score and says a lot about what it's been, <laughs> what life has been yeah. like. Um, yeah, okay. So that's us, really. We're into the international break. We remain pretty close to those uh, those playoff places. Uh, three three points off the playoff places. That's it, really, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will, we will uh, again. We'll we'll do something different in the international break uh, next week. You may have picked up uh, a little bit of what that might be uh, in terms of uh, looking at those those potentially those three arrivals. The the only other thing I just wanted to just capture on the podcast, Luke. You know, we're always looking to 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 grow the, the number of people. You know, it's nice that people seem to be enjoying the podcast. It'd be even nicer if a few more folks listened. Um, so I was listening to the thousandth episode of the WTF uh, podcast, Mark Maron's podcast, for for tips, but also with a sense of nostalgia, which is because it's where um, both of our sort of joint journeys with podcasting uh, began. Mm-hmm. And um, the guests that really jumped them up to the next level were Robin Williams and Barack Obama. Mm. Now, you're obviously based in North America. So I just thought in terms of those those particular guests, I thought I'd just put it out there and, uh, you know, just say, you know what you need to do. <laughs> just cool. say, lay, lay the gauntlet. I'm uh, blowing the dust off the Ouija board right now, Rich. And, uh... <laughs> Should have some uh, hot takes on Sheffield Wednesday from the late, the late great Robin Williams. Is he? He's not one of those bizarre Wednesday fans, was he? No, but I, I feel like maybe Jermaine Jackson had his ear at some point, and uh, who knows? Maybe it's slightly, slightly taken. It's not like um, Hugh Jackman who sports Norwich, right? That's pretty random. That's We've got pretty Rivers, nice. Rivers, Kumo or Cuomo from uh, Weezer. As pictured in a Wednesday shirt, the story is that when they played, um, they played Leadmill in Sheffield in the early 90s, around the time of their first album. And uh, as they're big, big soccer fans, uh, <laughs> they were taken to a game at Essex and um, they all got a shirt with a favorite player on the back afterwards. And uh, Kumo, Rivers Kumo may still have a 93 Sheffield Wednesday shirt from the prime Sheffield Wednesday team with Waddle on the back. Beautiful. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, Okay, yeah. So, you know, there's a few options for you there. Okay, thanks. I'll see what I can do there, Rich. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, I'll, I'll say cheerio. Have a good week. Have a good week, Rich.